Now, um, Pixar are an amazing company, perhaps the most acclaimed and successful movie house of the last 30 years or so. Um, they arrived with a hopping lamp, uh, which was one of the first uses of uh, computer-generated animation that blew everyone away. And it's, to date, they are quite a successful company. They've made over $10 billion in averaging $616 million per film. Uh, they've also earned 15 Oscars, 11 Grammys, 7 Golden Globes, and they have an interesting story as well because not only have they been hugely successful, in the modern era, you hear this term now, original concept movies, and I reviewed Tomorrowland last week, which was a zero out of ten for me, and I lamented that it was one of the only original concept movies um, to have that sort of budget, and it was a disaster. And uh, original concept movies, obviously an indie film can be an original concept movie, but if you look at the blockbusters that come out and you subtract the ones that are books from books, from established uh, novel series that are sequels, that are superhero franchise movies that have already got well-established characters, or that are action franchises like Bourne or Mission Impossible, you are left with almost nothing. There's almost no one artistically making brand new original concept movies to the standard and to the scope and the ambition of Pixar. They've really, really done well. But there's also another side to that, and that's the involvement. And this was a Steve Jobs-created company originally, but they've been flirting quite badly with Disney for many years until they actually sort of merged. And the story of Pixar has gone very up and down. They could do no wrong for their early run. Um, maybe A Bug's Life stands out as a bit of a fail there, but Toy Story and Toy Story 2 were huge Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo. Uh, and also The Incredibles were all hugely acclaimed films. But um, for me, they were on one level, and that level was a very straight up. The Toy Story sort of thing is very straight through story. There's not a huge range of artistry. There's not a huge range of, of deeper level meaning. It's all very straight up, and those films are great. But after that, they really plateaued with some incredible work, um, Wall-E and Up, which are two of the best films of any kind over the last 20 years. And either one, uh, both of them were actually held up as potentially becoming the first animated film to win Best Picture Oscar. Since then, things have gone rapidly downhill. They still make a fortune, but the movies and the original concepts like Wall-E and Up, which were very challenging concepts, they could have easily failed, but they didn't. They weren't easy to trans... You know, Wall-E is regarded by some as being one of the biggest poke in the eyes to the audience. If you ever see the fat people floating around the, um, the spaceships, zoned out of their minds to, you know, Fox News took great umbrage with how dare they attack their own audience. And up to the story of the old man with a house of balloons is quite a daring concept. Since then, the original concepts have gone out the window a little bit. We've had Toy Story 3, we've had the terrible Cars 2, the only awful film they've done. We've had a second Monsters, Inc. film. And in that time since up, we've had one original concept film, which was Brave. And that was possibly their weakest original concept film. It was a very slight film. It didn't mean anything. It didn't have a lot to offer. Um, and I, I didn't really rate it that highly. Well, Pixar have now come back with Inside Out, 
and it is again a challenging original concept film and I will do a review returning to Pixar and their big gamble which is a 200 million dollar gamble on an original concept and not an, an easy original concept to get your head around with their film Inside Out which came out in June and was a massive success and now the first thing that twigged me about it is the uh, director is Pete Doctor and the three films that he's done including this one Monsters Inc which was a, another great original concept movie which touched on very similar areas to this and then Up which is a high point in animated movies. It didn't get the Best Picture Oscar, it got Best Animated Feature Oscar. And he's been working on this concept for years. And it is a very difficult concept to get across in a $200 million movie. And that is broadly speaking, he worked uh, with people in the in psychotherapy fields and, um, and in psychiatry and identified, um, well, there was six main emotions, but he's, he's focused on five emotions. And the film is about the interplay those emotions have on a, on a young, I think a 12-year-old girl, um, Riley Anderson, played by Caitlin Diaz. Um, and there's Joy, played by Amy Poehler, Sadness by Phyllis Smith, Fear by Bill Hader, Anger by Lewis Black, and Disgust by Mindy Kaling. Now, it's the balance between those emotions in her head and the effect that they have on her life when her family moves from, uh, rural, I think, rural Minnesota to uh, very small digs in the middle of San Francisco, the new school, and everything pretty much falling apart in her life. And uh, she finding it very hard to deal with the stresses her parents are going on. And all the while, the character of Joy dominates. Amy Poehler is in control of everything that happens, and she tries her hardest for good intentions, to push sadness way out of the way. And um, sadness, everything that sadness touches goes wrong, brings the child to tears, and Joy keeps interfering and keeps blocking every move she makes and sidelining sadness. But things start to go wrong. And I thought in the opening half hour of this film it was going to be one of those straight-through Toy Story-level Pixar films with none of the depth and poignancy of something like Wally -E or Up. And how wrong I was. Um, you start to get annoyed by Joy because Joy is, is domineering everything and making everything happy. And it's skillful direction that leads you to that point where you're actually starting to question, is the influence of Joy in everything actually having a detrimental effect? And the, question, and the answer the film provides is definitely. And it's a film basically about inside the emotions of any human being, but in this case in, in a child that's encountering very difficult situations where she's actually trying to be happy for the sake of her parents so, because she knows what stress they're under. She doesn't want to be a burden, so she wants to pretend to be happy about everything that's happening, and it causes breakdowns in her psyche. And these are quite deep things to actually get across in what on one level is marketed as a children's animated film. It certainly isn't. I think a, I think a lot of the psycho side of things will go over the head of, of anyone under the age of 15 watching the film because it is actually quite deep. And if there's a, a, a point to the movie as um, basically this interior world inside this child's head starts collapsing and all of these things start going wrong and disappearing the family bonds 
the being madcap and zany part of her brain just collapses entirely. She becomes a lot more serious. It's the acknowledgement that sadness and joy are need to be balanced. And I thought that was really profound. And it's when the annoying character of sadness starts to come into the movie that it gets really powerful and at times tear-jerking. It's such um, a really beautiful film. Um, do I like it a lot? I would say it's the best film I've seen this year uh, and definitely a contender for best. Picture Oscar, maybe it will be the first to ever take it. It's animated spectacularly. Um, I particularly like in... There's two main worlds. There's the real world and there's the world inside her head. And I particularly loved when they sort of merged almost real-life shots of like the mother cradling her daughter and it sort of flickers between it being animated and it looking so real um and the voice cast in it is is arguably the best they've ever had amy polar's really good as joy particularly when she comes to terms with the fact that she has to let go of things like there's um the best voice character in it i think he's um where is he he's a, he he played uh, richard kind he plays um her imaginary childhood friend and in a way uh it reminded me of the movie drop dead fred which is a much maligned movie uh, and i think quite an underrated one it is very annoying because of rick mal's character but there was a lot of poignancy in that uh, lead character played by fig kate's um coming to terms with her childhood friend and coming to terms with the fact that as an adult she'd lost a lot of joy and this is almost like the inverse. It's a character that is using joy to hang on to things like imaginary friends and forcing sadness not to exist at all, which then has a knock-on effect to everything else that's happening. She needs the balance. She needs to acknowledge that there are moments in her life where she's been very sad that are actually really nice moments. And when she does so, it sort of brings everyone together because everyone is pretending to be happy. But when they actually acknowledge that they're scared and they're lonely and they miss Minnesota, and it actually brings everyone together. And it's quite a beautiful, poignant film. I really did love this. Uh, I might regret only giving it a 9 out of 10. It might even be worth more than that. But Inside Out, definitely up there with Wally and Up as one of the three greatest achievements by Pixar. And for me, the best film I've seen this year. Certainly the most enjoyable and certainly the most moving.